Welcome into Locked On Kentucky, your new daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker, longtime Kentucky beat writer, uh, coming soon to a website to be named later. And on this podcast, if it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, we're going to be talking about it here every day, Monday through Friday, on Locked On Kentucky, the Locked On Podcast Network. On this edition, we are going to fulfill a promise we made to you. We're going to predict some of the Kentucky football outcomes. We're going to go through the first half of the schedule. Then there was another little basketball recruiting nugget. I enjoy these high school guys dropping some nuggets during our little launch here. It makes it nice little transitions. And then we're going to wrap up with some audio from Terry Wilson, newly named starting quarterback, and the offensive coordinator, Eddie Grand. They had some comments after practice today. All right, Kyle. So I guess we'll just start. Where you got to start the first game, Kentucky, <laughs> um, Central Michigan. Is there any doubt that Kentucky will win this game? To me, there's not a great deal of doubt. I mean, we've seen some stranger things happen. Uh, we've seen Southern Miss come in here and uh, come back mm-hmm. from, what were they, 24 down? At least three touchdowns a couple of years ago. Um, you know, they've struggled with teams like this before. Um, and Central Michigan has had a, a pretty good history and, and just last year went eight and five. Um, but this is not that Central Michigan team. So they lost a senior starting quarterback who threw for over 3,000 yards. They lost their top two wide receivers who were seniors. They lost uh, a tight end to the NFL draft. And they lost uh, a guy who had 20 and a half tackles for loss and 14 sacks. So their, their defensive star uh, did Central Michigan. So uh, to me, that's a win for Kentucky. Um, it's hard to see. It's hard for me to see them blowing that game with as much as Kentucky has back. They'll they'll also be breaking in a new quarterback, as we know. But with so much else back and playing that game at home, uh, and all that Central Michigan is trying to replace, that's a that's a W in my book. Once the Kentucky defense gets over the the shock of going up against a six foot seven inch quarterback, uh, <laughs> I think that they're going to be fine. I think the most important thing for this is to not let it linger. That was, I think, a main complaint of the Kentucky fan base last year. The Eastern Michigan games, the all those games last year were too close and they didn't put teams away. So, in theory, I think the ideal situation for Stoops and staff is to kind of put this game away early, maybe get some mop-up minutes for Gunnar Hoke just to get some tape of him on the field and get him used you know, to playing live football again in, on the college arena. And then if you need him later, for whatever reason, because quarterbacks get injured too he'll have some experience and wouldn't be him thrust into some kind of uh, starting position out of nowhere should be noted there will be some fuel on the fire from Benny Snell most likely because a quote just came out that said Central Michigan running back John Jonathan Ward said of Benny Snell I don't know him I don't think there's anything too special yeah it's probably not a thing I would say or do coming into this game i mean you always applaud guys confidence i mean benny snell would probably tip his cap to this guy because right benny snell goes to sec media days and says i'm the best running back in the league and i think he's even said the country he did lead the sec in rushing last year this guy jonathan ward ran for over a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns last season himself so a pretty good running back i might might not have said that but hey uh tony tony poljan i think that's how you say his last name six seven 240 pound new quarterback for Central Michigan. He uh, only threw 21 passes last year, no touchdowns, no picks, but he also ran for 125 yards, and he caught five passes for 97 yards, did the new quarterback, Tony Poljan. So two names to know, Tony and Jonathan Ward, 
who will be in a mano a mano showdown with Benny Snell in just a few days. And that was from Evan Petzold from Who Covers Central Michigan. By the way, we're both picking a victory here for Kentucky, yes, right? So that's, 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 that's one, and o one and o across the board. Um, yeah. All right, let's move on to game two. It's going to be the elephant in the room, the streak at Florida this year. Florida has a new head coach. Um, is Kentucky going to end the streak, Kyle? Boy, I, I think I've actually said I'm not going to pick them to ever to win this game until they actually do it, but here I am. Um, at Florida, week two, I, I'm, I think I'm going to pick them to win that game. Uh, Florida went four and seven last year, which, which prompted that and some off-the-field trouble and, and Jim McElwain being an absolute weirdo, shark-humping weirdo. Um, that was a joke. It was a joke, but anyway. For the legal team. Humorless, humorless Jim McElwain out the door after a 4-7 and seven season. Um, in comes Dan Mullen, who is was an attempt to uh, harken back to the glory days under Urban Meyer. He was the offensive coordinator during that um, kind of spectacular they run they had. He was the, the, the Tim Tebow whisperer. He was with Urban and Alex Smith at Utah. And, and obviously Dan Mullen has done wonders with quarterbacks, uh, Dak Prescott and, and more recently Nick Fitzgerald uh, at Mississippi State. He was a thorn in Kentucky's side at Mississippi State uh, for all those years. Um, that's a great hire. I think that's probably the best hire for, Miss, uh, for Florida. Um, I don't know that he can work his magic right away. They still He's a quarterback whisperer, but to, in my mind, they still don't have a quarterback. I think they named Felipe Franks the quarterback. He started eight games last year fairly underwhelmingly. They got some guys back. They got the running back um, back who was suspended all of last season and part of some of that craziness, I think, credit card fraud. Um, you know, I, I think Florida will come back under Dan Mullen. Week two, though, I mean, if, if Kentucky's going to ever go win a game in the Swamp, I would think week two in the new regime when you know there's still not a very uh, worrisome quarterback there who hasn't had time really to be – uh, mentored much by Dan Mullen coming off a four and seven season. So, you know, and, and if there's anything in the world, this Kentucky team cares about, I would think at this point, coaching staff and players alike is ending this, this yeah. God forsaken streak. I think what it would, is it 31 years now after last year? It's well, it's over 30. Um, and last year was, the ultimate heartbreaker, right? You're up yeah. 13 in the fourth quarter. There have been a bunch, but that's yeah. about... I mean, I don't know if that's the ultimate one. I, I mean, there's there's things that have happened that have just been completely insane, but... I don't know. A, that's... For Florida, in the Florida series, I think that's got to be, at least in the conversation, for worst. You're up 13 at home in the fourth quarter. Well, They're bad, right? They're whatever, bad. If you beat them, they go 3-8. and eight. Whatever so that's a is, terrible team. This, the, the saying that that's a conversation to be in the other ones just proves how many ridiculous that's losses. That's true. That's true. I mean, you know, three years earlier at Florida yeah. uh, where the, the play clock or the uh, delay of game doesn't get called. But this one, you're up. It's not a... You know, coin toss. You're up 13 at home with a, with the superior. Really, I think the superior team, and that's I guess another reason I would pick Kentucky in this one is I think I think they were the superior team last year and blew it. Um, you know, I I'm gonna I'm gonna pick them to do it. I, I think they're gonna be motivated to get it done. I don't know why I'm doing that. It's gonna. I'm sure they'll lose by 30 now. Well, but I'm I'll, picking it. You know what, Kyle? I'll join you so we can be idiots if we're wrong together. And we'll break down more of the Florida game, obviously, next week on the podcast after we get to see the Florida team going up um, in week one. 
So we both got them 2-0 at this point. They come back to Lexington, and they are playing Murray State. That's the, what do they call that, the championship subdivision team. Yes. I think we'll probably just make this one quick. Yes. It's going to be a win. 3-0. and Yeah, I think, we're, I think we're both at 3-0 and right now. So this would be, everybody would be riding high at this point, and then you in walks new another new coach, that's Kentucky's second one of the season, um, with a Mississippi State squad who was having to replace the Florida new, the Florida's new coach, Dan Mullen. Mississippi State demolished Kentucky last year. Yes, 45-7 to seven in Starkville. Now they got to come play at Kentucky. I think this is, you know, if you pull that off and beat Florida and, and then take care of business against Murray State, if you're 3-0 and with what should be a ranked Mississippi State team coming to town, uh, that place is going to be rocking. Uh, unlike this Florida game where I'm probably overly optimistic about their chances, I don't – this is the one – on the front half of the schedule that I have the hardest time believing they're going to win, even at home because of last season's result, because of the fact that Nick Fitzgerald, like, like I like, I like Dan Mullen a lot as a coach. I have some issues with him personally. I think that's pretty out there, but um, I like what he's already built. I guess what is what I would say better than what he's trying to start building again. Yeah. I think Florida's in a rough spot. I think what he left Joe Moorhead, who's coming over from Penn state, um, the cupboard was well stocked and he, he left him a fully developed star quarterback, dual yep. threat guy who can just kill you with his legs and beat you with his arm. Um, 45 to seven. I mean, that's ee. Mississippi state went nine and four last season. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I think that's probably the best team they play in the first half of the season. I would agree. If it was away, it would be a no brainer, uh, pick but i even at home i'm gonna i'm gonna pick them to drop their first loss of the season be three and one after week four i agree again and basically you give a quote-unquote offensive genius their new head coach such a toy as nick fitzgerald yeah then i think it's just going to be too difficult to stop and too difficult for kentucky to get the win then um the next week south carolina another home game for kentucky kentucky has owned South Carolina in the past four seasons. Four years. After being owned for many, many years for almost two decades. Will Muschamp's going to come in angrier than he normally is, probably. South Carolina is a super trendy pick to maybe challenge Georgia as the SEC East champ, even though I think most people think it's unlikely if someone's picking picking a contender, they're picking South Carolina. New quarter, quarterback coming back, Debo Samuels, healthy. They got a lot going for them. I'll make the prediction first. I say Kentucky continues the streak as a home game at the home game and five and zero in the last five years against South Carolina. I just think sometimes you know you just get used to winning against a team and it continues specifically because it'll be a home game. I think I'm guessing we're going to end up picking the exact same results here. Jeez. But I, I also I like South Carolina. Um, I'm sorry, I like Kentucky against South Carolina in this one. Like you said, four straight wins. Um, went and won at uh, South Carolina last season. Um, South Carolina finished the year much stronger, though. I think at the point Kentucky beat them, that started a three-game losing streak for for South Carolina. They they had actually lost four out of five and were two and six, or sorry, two and four, uh, and then finished the season nine and four. Um, so I, you know, I uh, no, yeah, that's right. I think that's right. I'm looking at the wrong numbers. Point being, I think there's a lot of hype about this South Carolina team. I don't know that we've seen 
enough to buy that. Um, now I've got the right sets. They did beat Michigan in the bowl game. Um, ignore what I said about losing uh, three straight because that was the year before. I wasn't listening anyway. <laughs> um, but, I mean, look, they, they, they lost to Clemson by 24. They lost um, to Georgia by 14. Listen. Texas A&M and lost to Kentucky. So those are, you know, three pretty good teams that beat them, and then Kentucky beat them. I'll just say this. Muschamp plays a brand of football that is always close, and when games are close, I prefer a home team. I think that's fair, and that's why one of the main reasons I'm going to end up picking them. Yeah, and uh, they actually have you know a track record in this yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Um, a fun game, I think, for some UK fans. They're going to be able to go to College Station, face up against Texas A&M, who is another head, new head coach. That's three of the first six games Kentucky's going to be facing new head coaches. Jimbo Fisher, a national champion. And a former Mark Stoops boss. Yep. I have tried to start a conspiracy theory that uh, Jimbo's going to throw this game to, <laughs> <laughs> to help Mark Stoops out, but I don't think so. I would agree. Not with the pressure on him out there. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I think it's. I think the road environment there, if A and M is, they're just so ramped up. I'll tell this story real quick. When I went to SEC Media Days, this will show you how ramped up they are. There was a local Texas TV station that had two separate crews. One set up um, to film. Jimbo Fisher at the podium, and the other just followed Jimbo Fisher from room to room. Even though they weren't allowed in some of the rooms for like CBS Sports and ESPN, right. they just followed him and then filmed him going in the room. And, and when he's coming out, out they're all fired up. That's that place is going to be insane. I'm sure still by week six, so I think that'll just be too much to overcome. Yeah, I think it will too. That I mean, I, as I said, I think Mississippi State's the best team they play. I think at Texas A&M is the toughest situation for them. Because what does it hold? A hundred and five thousand. I mean, it's in the triple digits. Yeah. Uh, I think they did almost a half billion dollars worth of renovations to Kyle Field and that uh, insane stadium. Um, I don't think they're that great. They went seven and six last season. I think it'll take them some time as well to rebuild under uh, Jimbo Fisher. But it's Texas. You can re- reload pretty fast. You can recruit uh, that state. And he can recruit nationally. Um, he's going, you know, like Dan Mullen, he's going to win at Texas A&M. I don't know how big, how soon, but trying to go win in College Station is going to be a tall order. I do mm-hmm. recommend for Kentucky fans, you better go while you have a chance to go, yeah. unless you just want to go for basketball. They played there a lot. Uh, because the way this, with 14 teams, the way this league schedule set up, I'm, it may be two decades before they go back. I don't even know if it's already on the books because at some point Texas A&M will have to come here first. Um, and they have yet to play out there. So um, so both of us have them going four and two in the first six games. I think many Kentucky fans would probably take that. Um, a nice win over Florida and South Carolina from uh, from Kyle Tucker and I. All right, speaking of that, that first set of games, the first game against Central Michigan, Kentucky is a 17-point favorite. And you know, Kyle... Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are the best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit 
dollar for dollar, up to $1,000. Use the promo code ONCOLLEGE to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use that promo code ONCOLLEGE when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Kyle. Some a little bit of basketball recruiting news, and then um, Ben Roberts of the Herald Leader put up a nice composite of when some of the prospects are going to be visiting the Kentucky campus. The news was from Cole Anthony, who is the number one guard in the class and, in my opinion, the best player in the class. He released a top 12 of teams. Normally, those are not even worth mentioning, but with Cole Anthony, he has not discussed his uh, recruitment at all over the summer, so this is kind of Kind of a big a big deal. I'll run through the 12 real quick and then let you talk. Um, Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, Louisville, Oregon, Villanova, Wake Forest, Pitt, Georgetown, Notre Dame, and Miami. Yeah, and, and as you said, he's the son of Greg Anthony, former NBA player and commentator. Um, a terrific guard, I guess combo guard, six-foot-three guy who could play on the ball or off. Um, had a dominant spring and summer. Um, might be the – best player in the class. He's the best guard in the class. You know, James Wiseman and Vernon Carey are typically ranked ahead of him as big men um, in the 2019 class, but has been really bizarre. Like they haven't talked a lot about recruiting. Uh, you know, I, at one of the events in the spring, I grabbed Greg and said, Hey, are you guys hearing from Kentucky? He's like, we're not really talking about it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't so think nobody I... even knew if Kentucky was really involved or who was involved and how much. And, and there's been some more revelations. This is probably the biggest revelation, just having even, any level of whittled down list of schools, although it's basically all the top yeah. programs and a couple others thrown in there. Um, I guess semi-significant. I feel like Kentucky will be in the mix. He's talked, uh, Ben Roberts, I think, has talked to him about. Well, I was being, there too. Oh, sorry, you were there too. It was a peach uh, jam when he lauded Tyrese Maxey Tyrese and how Max, awesome he is. Yeah, he was already committed to Kentucky's in the 247 composite. Cole Anthony's number three overall. Tyrese Maxey's number seven in the class. He's already committed to Kentucky. Um, those are two guys they could play together because both can play on and off the ball. They're kind of interchangeable guys and big time playmakers. Um, you know, the, the willingness to play alongside him it at least keeps Kentucky in the mix. The fact that there's a guy that he likes in that group. Mm-hmm. Apparently they were super friendly out uh, in Colorado, I think at the uh, USA tryouts. Um, I, I don't, something it just doesn't feel like he's going to go to Kentucky uh, in well, the I, end result, but I mean, I, there's not a lot to base that feel on. But if he did, then Kentucky is well. This is breaking news. Loaded again uh, <laughs> next season. Um, but he, I don't think he set up a visit nah, yet. No visits at um, this point. We did talk the other day about uh, Oscar Tishwebe. I guess is how you say it. Uh, he's a top forty player in the class. A big man who is uh, planning to visit Kentucky. Um, and as you said, uh, Ben ran through some, some guys. I, yeah, I, I got guess. him here. Um, um, this month, Oscar will be visiting September 29th. Scotty Lewis will be in September 15th. And Brian Antoine, September 22nd. And then the, the news that kind of came out today is that Dante Allen, the Kentucky commit, will take his official visit during Big Blue Madness. And this came out earlier this summer, but Vernon Carey, also- top two player in the class, big man, will also be there for, for Big Blue Madness. Dante Allen being the top 100 uh, in-state recruit, 6'6 guy. Um, Khalil Whitney's already been, I believe, on his Yeah, I don't visit. remember if they had um, a Already committed, top 12 player in the class. So, um, yeah, 
Cal's out there recruiting up a storm once again. Um, it'll be really interesting though, because you know, beyond the guys that they have committed, there's not, there's not a guy that you can go like, he's definitely coming to Kentucky. Um, you know, they're, they're in a battle for Wiseman with Memphis, bunch of schools with uh, Kerry Cole Anthony is a mystery. At least we know now Kentucky's in the top 12, uh, Lewis and Antoine are, are two teammates, five-star teammates, six, five, six, six ish kind of wing players. Scotty Lewis, maybe the most fun defensive player in the class. Um, at one time, I thought Kentucky was in a great spot. Now I'm a lot more skeptical about both those guys. Um, so you know, there's a couple others on the list, but um, it's going to be an interesting sort of second half of the recruiting cycle. They got three really nice players in the early that are probably going to sign in the early period. I don't know if they'll get anybody else before that. Um, I think we'll be going into the spring with some of these big guys yeah. trying to figure out who Kentucky will finish the class with. And some of those guys will likely and smartly wait to see uh, who stays and who goes from Kentucky, from Duke, from other programs as well. You know, Kyle, speaking of recruiting, if you want to recruit some customers to your business, how could you do that? You could advertise on this podcast. That would be uh, if you want to, if you want to, uh, recruit customers like John Calipari recruits five-star players, I think this would be a great spot, Curtis. Um, we've already had, uh, a good amount of interest. Uh, we've been talking to some folks about, um, local folks at advertising. You've heard some national advertising on this podcast, but we want, uh, local businesses, uh, Kentucky businesses to, to reach the Kentucky audience, a rabid UK fan base. And there's a great way to do it. You can, uh, get in, at a good price early with us um, and be heard uh, on a daily basis. We're, we're on Monday through Fridays uh, talking Kentucky every day, every week. Um, and this is a, a fan base that uh, is passionate about its program and, and learning about it and also has some uh, money to spend as we've mm-hmm. seen them travel all over yeah. uh, this country and others to see uh, the cats. So send us an email at LockedOnKentucky at gmail.com, LockedOnKentucky at gmail.com if you are interested in advertising or if you just want to yell at us or suggest something about the podcast, uh, we'll find it there. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Terry Wilson and Eddie Grand. But first, I just wanted to tell you guys this. The wait is nearly over. Football is almost here, and that means it's fantasy football season, and FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place to play. FanDuel has something for everybody, and there are more ways to win than ever before. Don't believe us? How's this sound? This season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000, that's a quarter of a million, survivor contest. This is the biggest free survivor contest ever. Here's how it works. You pick one team to win each week, and you can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season. This locks before week one, so don't miss your chance and sign up now. I'm pumped to play in the Survivor League, and you should be too. Here's what you got to do to get that free, get into that free $250,000 Survivor contest. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Um, plus, right now, new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. Come play with me at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Let's wrap up this edition of the Locked On Kentucky podcast. Um, we're going to hear some comments from Eddie Grand, Terry Wilson, and John Schlorman. We'll start out with Terry Wilson, who was just named starter by Mark Stoops. And Wilson shared his journey to this spot to become a starter for an SEC program. 
it, it, it's, a, it's a great feeling. Uh, you know, I always have faith, and if I work hard, you know, big things are going to happen. And so, you know, this started back when I was at JUCO. Um, and, you know, when I when I did those six months at JUCO, you know, I just always had to keep in my mind that I got to have a chip on my shoulder wherever I land up at. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, once I got here, I just kept that chip on my shoulder and just worked hard. Um, you know, good things happen. Then Wilson shared how he gained the respect of teammates. Obviously, becoming the quarterback means you're a de facto leader. He told everybody why he was able to be a leader and how that came to be. I feel like that that, that happened uh, during summer workouts. You know, those guys see me working hard day in, day out, um, you know, and I push them, you know, because I feel like we, sh we should all be out here giving our all. You know, it starts, it starts then, you know, so we can execute on Saturdays. So I feel like that's where I got my respect from those guys. And, you know, they seen that I was pushing them and, you know, wanting them to be better. So, you know, coming out here and just getting those guys together and rallying them up, I feel like, you know, they, they respect me. So Finally, Terry Wilson has been quoted by some players as the fastest guy on the team. He was asked if there was a race between the wide receivers himself and the defensive backs who would win. I'm, I'm blowing him by. I'm, I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm out, I'm, out, I'm out the gate. So, I mean, they probably won't like that, but that's just the truth. <laughs> Eddie Grant also spoke today, and he was asked if he wanted to play two quarterbacks in the first game. You know what? I can't. I, I never. I, I don't answer that question because you don't know. Okay. You co to coach talked about a short leash. You know, you want to give your guy to, a, a chance to go and all that. But you know what? Gunner knows he's ready to go. I mean, you just don't know how close it was. So at the end of the day, Gunner's ready to go. And how he handled it, like a like a star. Loved him. Uh, humble. And uh, you know, Stephen Johnson had no idea he was going to be our starting quarterback. You just don't know. And you just got to be ready, and Gunnar Hoke will be ready to go if he's called upon. Final comment from Coach Grand is him talking about the offense and how they will be pretty dynamic in the run game. The, the good part about, I think, about our offense where you put a little pressure on the defense is that every single one of our runs is a read. It was like that with Drew Barker. It was like that with Steven. It was like all of them. We've got to be able to read, you know, and, and uh, so I, I think it's uh, – now, you got somebody back there, and if, if, you, if you're dynamic, sure, does it help you? Absolutely. You know, but we don't know. First time, any, and he's going to take a snap. You know, we don't know. So, uh, but I do think it's got a chance to be dynamic for sure. All right, let's wrap up this podcast with two sh comments from John Schlarman, who obviously is battling cancer right now. Mark Stoops spoke about him going through treatment and still coming to practice. So uh, John Schlarman stepped to the podium today and kind of updated his status right now. You know, we're at the start of the process, really. I mean, uh, obviously, I've been diagnosed. Um, you know, like Coach said the other day, I'm in treatment you know, stage right now. So just completed my second treatment last Friday, uh, which went really good. Feel great after that. Uh, the doctors have been phenomenal. You know, work with guys that we've worked with them at UK, we've worked with them at St. Joe, and then also at MD Anderson down in Houston. And uh, so we've got a lot of great doctors that we've been working with. And, uh, you know, everything's gone really well. Feel a lot better now than I did probably in the middle of June before we started this treatment stuff. So um, that's a good sign. You know, the support's been amazing. Uh, coach Stoops, I mean, you couldn't, I couldn't work for a better head coach in America um, because he's, you know, put family first all the time. And that's easy to say in the recruiting process. It's easy to say on a daily, you know, 
just in, um, in side talk, but when it comes into play, and he's he's done that. He's been an unbelievable uh, boss and, and, and allowed our family to deal with this in the way we need to, but also allowed me to continue to work, which is important to me. You know, it, it's really important to me to do the job that I'm here to do. And uh, so that that's something that really motivates me every day. And, uh, you know, I want to keep on doing that for as long as I can do that. And hopefully that's a long, long time. And, and then Coach Larman spoke on how he is kind of using football as a distraction, uh, it's helped a lot. It's, it's, you know, I've been able to uh, maybe not sit around and worry all daggone day about things. You know, I can just go to work and and do what I would do on a normal, you know, regular basis. And I think that's refreshing mentally. I, uh, I, obviously, it's probably a little bit harder on my wife because I'm away from home and she's worried about me a lot and, you know, thinking about me every day. And so I know um, that's a little bit harder on her than it is for me. You know, because you come in and you work and, and when you're at work, you're just working. You're not thinking about things, you know. And uh, so that's been refreshing for me. And, and like I said, I, I appreciate Coach Stoops, Coach Grant and all these guys for allowing me to continue to do that. You know, and uh, we're going to do that in, in uh, you know, with high standards, too. You know, and we're going to get after it. Obviously, we wish all the best to John Slarman um, in his recovery. And just, you know, a quick note from practice. I was standing there at the back of the media scrum when Coach Grant was speaking and John Schlarman was next up and he was kind of standing to the side and his his son it was at the facility and came out and ran and gave his dad a, a big hug and it was you know just one of those sights that just kind of tears you up inside and you just hope everything works out for him and for his families. You've been listening to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Curtis Birch. You can follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch. B-U-R-C-H. You can also follow Kyle Tucker on Twitter at KyleTucker underscore SEC for right now. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe to this podcast, and then share it with someone else who would enjoy it. Thanks Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Kentucky. We'll talk to you soon.